Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Don't skip this. It's not an ad. I'm just dropping in to let you know that the documentary that me and Olivia are covering on this week's episode is actually the second of a three-part series. We covered the first part of this amazing trilogy of documentaries over on the Pretty Scary podcast. And we initially released that as a subscriber-only bonus episode. But since we are reviewing the second of these three documentaries here on Conspiracy the Show today for free, we also decided to release that Pretty Scary episode for free. So if you want to hear us talk about both of these documentaries, and I'm sure you do, they are so much fun. That's one way to put it. Head over to anchor.fm slash pretty scary or anywhere else podcasts are downloaded and you can hear us discuss the first of these documentaries, which is called Sir No Face. And then here today on Conspiracy the Show, we are covering part two, Two-Face the Grey. Not that you need to hear us talk about them in any particular order. But still, if you're some sort of completist or chronologicalist, then by all means, go check out part one of our exploration into this documentary series over on the Pretty Scary Pod. And either way, enjoy today's episode. Let's get to it. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Olivia Haidar. That makes us your hosts. Olivia, how excited are you about this week's subject matter? You know, I'm about as excited as any of this is real. So (laughs) extremely. We are covering a documentary called Two-Face the Grey. And here's the thing. This is a documentary we have also covered on the Pretty Scary podcast. We covered part one, which is called Sir No Face. Yeah. And we did that as a bonus episode. And I wanted to just, you know, kind of spread the wealth. Why should just Cindy Aravina have to watch these documentaries when there's a whole plethora of hosts and shows where a documentary of this magnitude and importance could be Uh slotted into the content sketch, short for schedule, saves me time when I talk. So we're covering part two, Two Face the Gray, on Conspiracy the Show this week. First of all, you watched the first one too, right? I did watch the 2018 film Sir No Face first. Most of it. I watched about an hour of it fully, and then I started to skip ahead because I realized that there wasn't going to be anything new happening so i wonder if you got to the absolute most shocking part of sir no face which is that he uses a jay-z song in it it's like how did you clear that (laughs) i don't remember the jay-z song but also i watched it on youtube so it might have been muted or something they might have cut it it was the full thing but there might have been some clearance issues but i didn't know that there's a lot of music in these documentaries 
There sure is. He's got some interesting directorial flourishes that show up in these documentaries. And I got to wonder, is that what people like about these? Because this guy's clearly got a following. I have a couple theories about that aspect, definitely. Because how was I not going to think about this sort of (laughs) shit while watching this? But I wanted to say, first of all, I was not expecting the dramatic change in genre between the two films. Because the first one is all about ghosts and only ghosts and ghost hunting and paranormal investigations. And this is not about ghosts. Like he just abandons the ghost thing immediately. Well, what's crazy about it is the first documentary, Sir No Face, is all centered around this very brief bit of footage that the filmmaker, Chad Kalick, argues is just the most definitive proof of a ghost that he's ever seen. It's someone like leaning into frame. Yes. Like it's the fucking weird. Okay, this is the thing. For the first movie, we'll just talk about the first movie a little bit. (laughs) Okay. But that whole first hour, they just keep talking about that and how like he showed us this and it was the most definitive thing. I was just shocked by it. And then, like, they build up for an hour and they show us, like, other shit that they've taken where, like, a flash goes off and we're supposed to just accept their explanation that there was no cause for this flash. Correct. And then we finally see it. It is literally a two-second piece of footage. And it's just, like, someone going, like, leaning into the frame. That's it. That's all it is. Yes, that is all it is. And he keeps talking about how, because this is definitive proof if they can like really prove it it's just going to lead to like fame and fortune for the people who film this and i still argue that's never going to be the case there's never going to be ghost footage that makes a person rich in the age of the internet but no if it's real they'll just like get killed or something like what are you expecting how are you going to make money off of but also if it's proof of life after death is it ethical to make a profit off of that (laughs) not really i feel like it's not from a journalistic standpoint and so this documentary 2018's sir no face is all about this footage and what they claim is the australian government's first and only sanctioned ghost hunt oh yeah and what they really mean by that is that this facility that they are investigating. I think it's called like Cockatoo Island. It's owned by the Australian government and like whatever small part of the Australian government that oversees Cockatoo Island was like, yeah, you can, you can do some ghost hunting there if you want. It's fine. From what I understood from all of the shit that they were talking about, the documents that they read, it sounded like it was like a tourist thing where they were going to open up these historical buildings for tourism and they, thought maybe ghost hunting would be a fun thing. And so they were like, well, we'll bring in these local kooks to come (laughs) and do a ghost test and like get quote unquote proof of ghosts in this place. And then that'll like boost tourism. It wasn't like the fucking prime minister of Australia (laughs) comes and meets these guys like we have a very special mission for you, mate. Lands in a helicopter. You're the only name we got. Yeah, it's some <laughs> random people who... Okay, so in the first movie, I love how often he, like, hypes up how professional this group 
looks and they're just like some guys and some girls like they're just normal people he's like yeah you could have thought they were like a military unit because they all wore matching sweaters yeah they <laughs> look like every ghost hunting team on television yeah and then like the thing that was really confusing to me by the end was like at the beginning they're like yeah we realized that all of these things were taking place in the officers quarters so we thought we might get better results if we address the entity as sir Yes. And so they do. And that's where Sir No-Face comes from, because most of the movie, they just call him Sir, which is kind of weird. And then they give him Sir No-Face because you can't see a face in this shitty fake video. But then they are like, but we analyze the footage and we believe it must be a child because of the height. But it's like, why would a child only respond to Sir? That kind (laughs) of, I feel like that undermines your whole thing that you were just saying. And you're right that the sequel takes quite a shift in tone because (laughs) it's about the exact same footage, Mm -hmm. but the way they set it up is, oh, well, we did the Sir No-Face documentary and we went on the road and what kept happening is audiences would see this and inevitably someone would be like, no, that's an alien. And that somehow is the impetus for them to completely pivot to oh okay yeah this is an alien we saw it's not a ghost Just discard <laughs> this entire fucking movie so the first and it's like no actually no it's aliens <laughs> fuck off i'm sorry <laughs> and also this thing was driving me insane watching it why the absolute fuck is it called two-face the gray that's never explained not once where did the name Two-Face, No-Face, like that was all bullshit, but I at least understood where the name Sir No-Face came from. They made a very sincere effort to track how the entity was named. And now they're just like, oh, fuck it. Now it's Two-Face, the gray. He's a gray. He's definitely a gray. You know, all of these people must be right, even though presumably the majority of the people that they show it to thought it was a ghost. Right. Yeah, they spend that whole first movie just being like, this is the most definitive proof of ghosts we've ever seen. And then they start this one and they're like, ah, never mind, just joking. They break it into chapters and the first chapter is called, but you said it was a ghost. mm Mm-hmm. And like this guy, he's like a paranormal guy. Like he's not an alien guy. All of his credits are about ghost shit. Yes. His name's Chad Kalick. C-A-L-E-K. It seems like he's got a bit of a following. Like, he's making movies. He's going on the road. yeah. And screening them. He can sell tickets, yeah. He's got a podcast. Of course he does. He's got one of those conspiracy-type podcasts that I really hate, where he's like, let's examine this footage that clearly shows two rockets hitting the moon. And it takes, like, a second and a half to Google it and find out that the guy who doctored that footage came out and said, yeah, I was doing it just to, you know, practice doing video graphics. Ah, I hate that so much. Well, I mean, this guy clearly is no expert on CGI special effects. In the first movie, he talks about how someone on the other team actually had a history in professional-grade CGI effects, and they show and it's like some fucking... After Effects bullshit I could whip up in no time. Yeah, that's the thing. The first documentary is him trying to poke holes in this team that allegedly found this ghost footage. And yeah, one of the things he 
brings up is, well, I know they said, you know, no one on the team has any animation skills. So Mm -hmm. I know they couldn't have like made this with CGI. And then he watches some video of some TV show pilot they shot. Yeah, it was. And it's got these like stock Adobe After Effects animations in them. And he's like, but you said you're not an animator. And the guy's like, fucking, I'm not. That's like. But then he talked to the guy from Transformers, this visual effects guy from Transformers, <laughs> one of the millions of visual effects guys who worked on Transformers. No, there's and, just the one. The guy, there's just the one guy. The only one guy. Where, of course, yeah, it definitely wasn't a team of dozens. <laughs> like, they talked to this guy, and he's like, I couldn't even recreate this in CGI, as if that's the only explanation for this video. <laughs> It's, it's so annoying because that first movie, like I was saying, it took like an hour to get to the actual shit I wanted to see, which was this so-called convincing clip. And it's like in the first five minutes of the sequel. Fucking waste of time. You don't need to have watched the first movie at all for this one. Yeah, because this sequel essentially renders that first movie obsolete. Everything they said in the first movie that flies yeah. out the window. All the ghost shit. None of that matters. Because now, aliens. One of the most annoying things about, I can't say the most annoying because there's like a fucking billion annoying things about this. (laughs) But one of the most annoying things about this movie is that it ends on a cliffhanger with to be continued. Do you think the third movie just totally disregards and comes up with a whole new thing for it to be? Because that would actually be kind of daring. There is a third movie. It's already out. It's out. Okay, I wasn't sure when this one had come out. The third movie is called... Phantom Rider. And I will say to its credit, it is only 65 minutes long. (laughs) And it came out (laughs) in 2020, but it is the continuation of the Sir No Face story. There is a third movie that you have just doomed us to covering, I guess. I mean, we have to. (laughs) Because if this one didn't end with To Be Continued, then I would probably argue that we could leave this. But... The fact that it has the fucking cojones to <laughs> pull a to be continued on a not interesting story that did not have any actual cliffhangers other than that's all we got. The end. <laughs> this documentary is a master class in how to make a documentary about an hour too long. Yeah. Did we need a clip from the drummer of the Black Crows podcast? That shit carried on for like 15 minutes. Well. Well, (laughs) well, I would say that, yes, because of the actual goal of this documentary, it makes sense to include this stuff because this documentary is more than aliens and more than ghosts. This documentary is purely about myth making for this fucking guy. It is. Yes. Trying to make him seem like the coolest, baddest ass fucking paranormal investigator who ever fucking lived. And it's really about trying to tie him into like one of the biggest government conspiracies of all time. This kind of ends with him being like new world order. I'm the real target. And it's like, dude, no, you're not. No, he's not over yourself. That's one of the things. I don't think that is possible. I don't think he can. That's one of the things I hate the most about this documentary. It's so dramatic. I hate it so much. (laughs) He does this thing where he'll end a segment and like he'll let the last line echo, 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 
He'll let the last line echo. He'll let the last line echo. He'll let the last, like, it's always like a full sentence. It's so (laughs) annoying. Because what you're doing is like dramatic echoing. And that sucks, but it makes sense. (laughs) He repeats whole sentences, even including like people's like ums and pauses and like things that don't make for good repeating sound bites. And then sometimes the sentence will change a little bit. Like it'll echo and then they'll add a word back to it. And it'll, it's like, how do you think echoes work? This is not. And also sometimes he just repeats himself and you keep expecting for that to keep going. But no, that's just part of how he speaks. Yeah. The echo thing. People at home have to see it to understand what we're saying. But yeah, you have to have watched one of these movies all the way through to really understand how pervasive from beginning to end it is. I would argue that along with being completely full of shit, it is his signature filmmaking technique. Right. Yeah. It's being completely full of shit, <laughs> this stupid echo shit, and retelling anything that happens to him in a way that seems the most personally glorifying to him. Yes. And so this chapter, it's about how a bunch of people, media included, uh-huh thought that maybe Sir No-Face was actually an alien. And what we find out is that by media, he means morning radio show hosts, which, nope, not the same thing, bud. It's very different. (laughs) You don't think the morning zoo in Cleveland, Ohio counts as the media? (laughs) I mean, by the textbook definition, sure. Sure. Not the way he means it. But also conveniently, even though all of these people pointed it out while they were out on tour and they had mm-hmm. never mentioned it before, conveniently, it's a team member who gets credit for first yeah. pointing out that this is an alien. And that is Nikki Powell, who is the wife of Craig Powell. Yeah. They are the husband and wife team that run the paranormal unit that actually captured this footage. Right. Chad Kalick just met this guy at one point when he was touring behind some other movie. He made. That's the thing. Like this movie, Sir No Face began with him on a fucking tour to promote his last film. Like this seems to be his other trademark is that all of his movies begin with the tour for the last movie. But like Craig Powell, we should talk a little bit about him, although he doesn't have a very big role in this movie, at least compared to previously. Yeah, not really. Like, he's in it. He's interviewed a bunch. His wife is in it. But, yeah, Craig Powell and Chad Kalick are two separate entities. Supposedly. Yes, supposedly. And the first documentary is about Chad Kalick trying to find any instance where Craig Powell and his team are lying or being dishonest. It includes a lengthy segment where Chad Kalick questions Craig Powell on his claim that he used to play professional rugby. Yeah. It's insane. If nothing else, the first movie is a bromance uh, (laughs) between these two men who find each other so endearing and charming. And so much of the first movie is Chad talking about how much of a natural leader Craig is. And he's so charismatic. Like he really likes this guy. Which, you know, more power to him. But yeah, the fact that 
after all of this, and again, after they go to Australia again to promote this film, and after a bunch of people have said shit about it being an alien, that's when Nikki is like, you know, I thought it was an alien at first. Yeah, yeah, which way to hop hop on board that train right at the last minute. Jesus. But it's fine. Sure. It's like the least objectionable thing <laughs> in this movie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, chapter two, Queensland's tattoo-faced man. Sure. Which, uh, I got some questions about this guy. We'll get to him later. This incident allegedly happened March 20th, 2016. Happy birthday to me. Wow. These doofuses are at a tour stop for one of their shows. And once again, they're in Australia. And I just want people listening at home to get that point in your head. Chad Kalick goes to Australia a lot. Yes. Just remember that. It's going to be important later. I like that this happened in Townsville, Australia, which is one of the fakest sounding <laughs> names. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where the Powerpuff Girls took place. Like it's <laughs> that kind of a name. Townsville. And so they're at this tour stop and Craig Powell says a guy comes barreling in the room straight towards yeah. him. And says he needs to speak to Chad Kalick right now. Mm-hmm. And he says the energy in the room changed when the guy came in. And honestly, if he had a bunch of face tattoos, I'm just going to attribute it to that. When face tattoo yeah. guy walks in the room, the energy changes. Any room. He matter. had face tattoos and a Crocodile Dundee hat on. Yes. Is yes. basically how it's described. Like you see a picture of him in the audience and it's got the side flipped up. That's like to me is the classic. And Australia thing. He hands Chad Kalick a plastic box full of information. Mm -hmm. And I'm really distracted at this point in the movie because it's clear Chad Kalick has pink eye or some shit. And he insists on doing all of his direct to the camera stuff with this camera that is so tight on his face and it follows his face everywhere. And I just cannot stop looking at his face inflamed right eye it's driving me nuts (laughs) i didn't notice that but it is another one of these conspiracy documentaries that seems like most of it was shot in a day (laughs) yeah just a day other than like the stuff of them on vacation right which there's lots of that lots of footage of this guy fishing because i needed to see that good stuff Uh uh-huh so anyway back to this fuck face with the face tattoo he gives chad kalick this package And leaves forever. Right. And in this package, there are, quote, incredible photos of UFOs. That echoes about 26 times, that line. Over some pictures of blobs. Yes. Over what look like your standard fair pictures of UFOs. The least convincing UFO (laughs) pictures that I have seen in maybe my entire time doing this show. Incredible photos of human bodies that had been mutilated which are like flashed on screen oh so dramatically maps to bases sure 
and a correspondence with Vicente Fox. It's like, what? Cool. Former president of Mexico, people at home. Of course. Quote from Chad Kalick. There was a lot of information and it all looked extremely authentic. End quote. Compared to what? Like you're a paranormal yeah. investigator up to this point. Like this yeah. looks extremely authentic compared to what? All the other UFO information you've seen? Yeah. And like, where did this guy get it? The guy with face tattoos. That question is never asked. Never asked. No, they just trust that. I mean, this guy's got face tattoos. He's not going to lie to us. Yeah, totally. So we get it's so weird. We again, we get some really clutch footage of him fishing at the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, he's like, his voiceover is like, yeah, you know, I had to put this aside so we could go. I didn't want it to ruin our day at the Great Barrier Reef. But, you know, the whole time and like, it's just footage of them on vacation. And he's like, and the voiceover, he's like, the whole time, I just couldn't stop thinking about that information. And his claim is so silly. He claims that he was looking over this information and then decided he wasn't going to do anything with it. So he just threw it in the trash can in his hotel room. It's like, yeah. you would not actually do and, that. No. And then he was like, and then I grabbed it out and took it with me. Oh, he says he started leave leaving and then went back yeah, up to the room right. to retrieve it. It's like, stop it, Chad. You're being a real Shut Chad up. right now. He is not a Chad. He is a beta male. <laughs> so chapter three is called The Knockers and the Holy Grail. And mm -hmm. like, we're about to talk about some titties, huh? But no, we're not. Knockers just refers I mean, to two guys who allegedly knocked on Craig Powell's door. I mean, both Craig and Chad seem like the kind of dudes who would call tits knockers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I thought that's, that's where vibe. this was going. So Craig Powell says that at one point, these two guys that they call the knockers, they uh -huh. showed up and told him the Sir No-Face movie isn't happening. So it's supposed to be like a men in black kind of thing. Yeah. Was he saying that the Sir No-Face or the Two-Face movie wasn't happening? Sir No-Face. this is all happening. Because like the Sir No-Face movie had already come out. How is that not happening? This is how all of this had started. Yeah, I guess he was saying this incident happened before Sir No-Face came out. But then why wouldn't you mention that in the Sir No-Face movie? If that was the case, I did not understand that at all. Either uh, way, I, they are hung up on yeah. the fact that these two guys just kind of disappeared up the driveway. And unfortunately, Craig Powell, documentary filmmaker, seemingly uh, filming uh, everything in his life at all times... Paranormal investigator. Did not have any cameras rolling and could not capture any footage of these two men in the age of ring doorbells. No one yeah. had one rolling. He had the classic, I had to go grab my phone and catch a video. And by the time I got back, they were gone. Yeah. And no, they weren't. No, they weren't. Or maybe they were. Who knows? I mean, Jesus. Again, like he talks so much about how fucking long his driveway is. It looked like a driveway, man. I don't know. It doesn't seem that long. I love that one of his kids is named Diesel. You are giving that kid a lot to live up to in the future. Again, it fits the vibe. <laughs> it sure does. Of this guy. So chapter four, the unknowns of Sir No-Face. I love that this part opens with Craig Powell talking about how making money is frowned upon in the ghost hunting world. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Like, Bitch, no, it's not. What are you talking about? I feel like that's something he tells himself <laughs> 
to feel better about the fact that he has not made money ghost hunting. It's like I paid Amazon to rent this documentary. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I watched it on YouTube, but you know. So what they're getting at in this section here is that the Australian government didn't just want them to ghost hunt at Cockatoo Island, but that they were going to pay them to do it. Sure. And Chad says, it's like they wanted them to be there. And it's like, yeah, they invited him. So yeah, (laughs) that's not as dramatic as you're making it out to be, bud. (laughs) Like, of course they wanted them to be there. They were going to pay them money to be there. And they talk about how the government stiffed them, didn't Mm -hmm. pay them. They say they shut down Cockatoo Island the next day. And this is all supposed to be because that footage they found was so shocking. Sure. But the problem is, didn't the government send them there to get that footage? And if not, then why did they send them there? I guess it was to have an alien uh, encounter. Chad Kalick has a theory about why they were sent there. And that's what makes this part kind of important. Because they're saying, you know, they went, they were there for a day and did their ghost hunting, and then the government shut it down and stiffed them on their money. That part is going to matter later when Chad Kalick finally pivots back around to the ultimate point here, which is that it Mm. seems like he suspects that the government was, like, experimenting on this ghost hunting team and wanted to see what their interactions with this alien would be like. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then why did they shut this down so quick? Why wouldn't they just have them spend the whole time there and see what the experience with the alien is like? Did you think we would not remember that later on in the movie that you said they shut it down and kicked them out of there right away? Because that's not how you experiment on someone and see what their experience is with an alien. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. It becomes so unspeakably difficult to track the point. Once we're past this stuff that we're talking about right now, everything becomes so hard to follow that I couldn't tell you what the point was. (laughs) Yeah, it gets very confusing. And yeah, that's his whole point in this section is I think the government wanted them there so they could study this team's interaction with this alien. And it's like, well, then why did they shut it down and kick them out? Yeah, I have no idea. There's no answer to that because all of this is a lie. But like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what their answer would be. We should talk about the time loss thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this all the time on Pretty Scary when it comes to ghost adventures type shows and ghost hunting things. It's a lot like religion. Yeah. You have to exercise a whole lot of faith in the idea that these people are not lying to you. Right. And in this case... We get Nikki Powell, Craig Powell's wife, claiming that at one point when they were filming Sir No-Face, she experienced time loss. Right. Where she Which st- alarms Chad because, you know, in all of his experience, time loss isn't associated with paranormal encounters. Time loss is exclusively associated with aliens. Yeah. So. Very convenient that we are traveling back in time. And now going, oh, yeah, in that first documentary, time loss. We just put it on the editing room floor. Nothing that important, you know? There was just a glut of other solid evidence that we didn't need to include everything. (laughs) Exactly. Like, why be exhaustive in our proof of the existence of life after death? Yeah, I mean, once you get that one bit of footage, 
your job is done. Exactly. So yeah, and that's just presented like there's no real proof because how do you prove that? There's just video of her being like, well, you know, an hour had passed, but we'd only been filming nine minutes. Yeah. And then they show that piece of footage, which is someone saying, how long have we been here? It's been an hour. I felt it's only been nine minutes before. Like, that's all the footage is. That's it. And you just got to trust. You just got to trust that they're not lying. Why is this coming up now? (laughs) I need to know. So now chapter five, Charles Michael David Kalick. It's called. So it turns out Chad's name isn't Chad. And he tells us this guy showed up and that this guy was a black hat agent who used to spread misinformation to discredit people. Uh huh. And we know those people exist. That's a thing. Sure. And you should always trust them when they're telling you the real truth this time. Yes. He shows up and says, well, now he's ready to right his wrongs by sharing the absolute truth about everything. And Chad was, was this guy Skyfall or was that a different guy? I think this was Skyfall because I love that the guy's name is Daniel David Skyfall is how he introduces himself. And Chad's like, I don't know. It sounded like a Bond villain. And I'm like, it was a movie. It yeah. was a movie called Skyfall. <laughs> That's a Bond movie. <laughs> You're not just coming up with that. You don't get to be clever. <laughs> oh, man. These movies. So these movies suck. <laughs> and so because this guy knew Chad's middle name. Yeah. He decides that everything this guy said and everything he showed him is real because right. no one knows Chad Kalix's middle name, pal. And, and apparently it, like it's a trick question. Like he asked what his middle name is as like a way of proving that he knows things about him. And it's like a trick question because he actually has two middle names. Yeah. But he prefers one. Yeah, and the guy the guy says that. He's like, well, which middle name do you yeah. prefer? And it's like, okay. First of all, if this is a real interaction, which, who knows? I, like, there's no evidence of it being real, but let's just assume. If this is a real interaction, there are a lot of ways to come about, come by that information. There's nothing special about that. No, no. And even then, yeah, it's not proof that this guy is anything more than just Another government agent here to give you misinformation. <laughs> but I feel like he's also setting it up in that way, because then if someone does definitively prove how fake this is, he can be like, yeah, I guess I'm a victim. The government showed up and gave me misinformation. Too bad for me. Yeah. I trusted him. And it's like, I don't think the government cares that much about no. this. No. So he says this guy who showed up told him that he and Craig, quote, stumbled upon a situation that is much bigger than us, end quote. And here's the thing. If that was true, the government would just kill you. They wouldn't let you keep making movies. No, this guy's too important to kill. See, Chad Kalick, he's the backbone of our society. And you know that would be his argument is, well, I'm I'm such a public figure. It's too visible. Too visible. They would know that the government did it. And it's like, dude, the government could stage a fucking car accident and people could suspect for time eternal that they did it and no one would ever prove it. If the government wanted to kill you, they would do it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) But no, they're not. No, he's he's too important. He's he's way too important. So, oh man, that brings (sighs) us to the tall tale of Daniel David Skyfall. 
<laughs> this is long. This stuff that we're about to talk about, all of the combined history element takes up almost the entire runtime of the documentary. I was baffled watching it. And is he implying that this voiceover we're hearing is like an audio recording that was in these files that this no, government... just him, isn't it? See, that's the thing. I think we were supposed to believe that this was Daniel David Skyfall telling us the story of what happened. And it's like, no, it's just you putting on like a old-timey voice like this. Oh, I didn't even notice. I just sounded like him. I didn't notice that he was doing a voice. It sounded like maybe he was reading. Like, again, this is where I totally lost the thread of what this documentary was actually about. Everything from here on out, I don't understand what it has to do with Sir No Face or Australia or anything other than, like, a couple of vague illusions at the very end. This stuff was nonsense. Yeah, he basically runs down kind of the entire history of our interactions with UFOs, like all the famous stories. He talks sure. about the Nazis going to Antarctica to look well, for oil no. or no, a Soviet expedition. And like he talks about how like there was a secret competition between the United States, the Soviets and China to look for uranium in Antarctica. And I'm like, Dude, you're saying this took place in 1931. China is a little preoccupied with <laughs> Japan raping and pillaging their cities around this time, which began in earnest a few years after this. But like many people say, began before this. So I don't know if China is really competing with us to <laughs> go after these resources in Antarctica right now in 1931. Not to mention the fact that every other thing that he fucking says is nonsense. Like the bronze aliens. Again, I've never heard of bronze aliens. Yeah, he says the Soviet expedition to Antarctica to look for oil and uranium was chased away by a team of 12 foot tall bronze aliens. And one of the things that is important to note is that the Soviet expedition told these aliens why they were there. And the aliens were like, we know why you're here and we knew you were coming. Important detail. As we sure. get through this story. Is it? Well, it's important because he, sure. as usual, kind of undoes his own storytelling yeah. at one point. But we'll get there. So the Nazis learn about this and they send their own team there. But the Nazis are somehow able to shoot down a bell-shaped object that has two gray animals inside. No explanation as to how the Nazis were able to get the drop on these motherfuckers. But when the Soviets showed up, they were like, we knew you were coming. That's fine. It's fine. And also it goes without saying that there's not a single shred of real evidence for anything that is said in the rest of the documentary. Just want to be clear about that up front. <laughs> Correct. This is the evidence. <laughs> this is it. This is all they got. And so they take that technology back to Germany to reverse engineer it. Uh -huh. uh, and that's why Germany won the war because they had alien technology. Exactly. <laughs> They bring up the Battle of Los Angeles, which is a sure. genuinely interesting incident, but it is not sure what it has to do with anything here. And it's a good album as well. I'm not a big Rage Against the Machine fan. It's a okay. topic for another day. Yeah. So the Nazis lose the war, Werner von Braun, nuclear weapons, yada, yada, yada. How about the music during that Oppenheimer quote? I don't even remember it now. Yeah. But in the moment. 
I was just like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't remember it either. I just know that it's good that he put it in there because that Oppenheimer quote isn't that dramatic on its own. I mean, (laughs) come on. It's only one of the most famous things that a human being has ever said. I guess we need some music behind it. Yeah, I feel like it sounded like Enya or something like that. (laughs) And so they cut to some guy talking on old timey television about the natural resources of Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's building up to the false flag theory, which he does eventually. We'll get there. So here's where things get confused. Which false? There's a lot of false flags. The false flag theory that says the United States at some point is going to stage a fake alien invasion. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. Right. And so he says we shot down the UFOs at Roswell. That's an entirely new twist on the Roswell story. I'm sure I've heard a theory like that before because basically any explanation for Roswell has been made at this point. So there's no way that's new, but yeah. What did you think about the Antarctic Treaty? What he claims is that the biggest countries of the world agree to not militarize Antarctica. And this is Mm -hmm. based on an agreement we made with the aliens who live there. But it's a trick. We actually just did that to appease those fucking boneheads. And then we started building bases there. (laughs) Fucking alien dicks. But also, yeah. what about that thing where they knew we were coming when the Soviets showed up? Yeah. Now, just because they signed this piece of paper, they're like, Yeah, the turn off the telepathy, boys. The Earthlings wouldn't double cross us. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, why wouldn't they just fucking yeah. kill you for building those bases? Again, it's this contradictory notion that we've had to run up against a lot when we're talking about aliens, which is they are intergalactic species that have apparently mastered space and time and are able to travel great distances very quickly. And yet they can be tricked by a <laughs> fake treaty. Yeah. Doesn't and, make sense. And then shortly after that, they talk about an expedition that was turned away via alien violence. So it's like, well, how are we building bases then? They didn't just yeah. show up and blow up those bases. Right. They didn't notice that we were building military bases. Yeah. Did they just fly over us and go, hey, the treaty, though? Also, we don't have military. I mean, we have military, but they're not like they're scientific military bases. I guess that's part of the conspiracy. But exactly. Yeah. (sighs) At this point, I think it's important to remind listeners that when it comes to documentaries, you want to have a healthy suspension of disbelief going in. Yeah. You know, it's vital to (laughs) getting through a documentary like this. Just... At least turn that off for a little bit. Ask yourself, like, is there a tactical advantage to the military having a base in Antarctica, a place where people cannot live? Yeah, it's so it feels we can, like it's not that essential. So we can get all that uranium. So then we get into the moon landing. Again, this is where I just was lost this whole time because I didn't understand why we were now all of a sudden talking about fake moon landings. Yeah, he says the footage is fake, but that we did actually go to the moon. Yeah, I didn't get that. I also love that he was like, you know, he's talking about all this shit about the moon, but like he gets wrong that he says that Michael Collins landed on the moon. Michael Collins famously didn't (laughs) land on the moon. That's what he's famous for (laughs) is not landing on the moon. 
Yeah, he's the guy that just orbited around, right? He was in the orbiter, yeah! yeah. And they do this thing, I hated this part. I hated this part so much. Again, this is where I'm totally losing the thread of what this is about. But also, we're doing this fucking moon landing shit, and like, he does this thing where they show a Neil Armstrong press conference, and he's like saying, you know, can't you see how uncomfortable he is? And it's like, man, you can read whatever the fuck you want into this footage from 1969. Yeah. And like, and then he's like, but you know, they didn't figure out how to get film through the, the Van Allen radiation belt. You know, they couldn't figure out how to do that. So they filmed it separately. And that's why if you look at the images from 11 and 12 side by side, there's a marked quality difference. And if you do look at the images of Apollo 11 and 12 side by side, they do look different. And that's because Apollo 11 was not shot on film. It was shot on <laughs> video, live television video that they had to specially adjust because there's very little light, you know, yeah. ambient light. And like there's such a high contrast between space and the white of the moon. And so it had to be shot on video. And then on Apollo 12, they took film cameras up there and brought that shit back. So it looks a lot better because it was fucking shot on film, you goddamn morons. <laughs> so he keeps talking about the three mistakes we made as a civilization. Uh -huh. This is all still coming from fucking Jerry Skyfall or whatever his name is. <laughs> I am with you. I'm, I guess I'm not sure if this is Chad Kalick talking or if this is supposed to be a recording of the Skyfall guy. But he talks about the three. I mean... I think it's pretty telling that I didn't even think it was supposed to be someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps talking about the three mistakes we made as a society. Uh -huh. The first is nuclear weapons, which sure. that's a classic. I the mean, it was a mistake. Definitely. <laughs> the second is deep drilling for pre-salt gas. And uh -huh. the claim here is basically that we have drilled so deep into the earth that if we were to take that drill back out, it would just shoot stuff into the atmosphere and kill us all. And so that's why chemtrails, that's why we use HARP to control the weather. That is all yeah. explained in about a 10-minute span here. I would love any evidence about this at all. <laughs> that's all I ask for this part. And the third mistake I was sure was going to be social media, but nope, robots. <laughs> it's robots. Yeah, AI. This is where we get some great footage of Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. And they also demonstrate this danger with videos of robot dogs that look like they can barely fucking walk. Yeah. And then a robot the, the, person getting flung into the air that lands on a fucking mattress. Yeah, they show the same like poopy diaper walking <laughs> robots that we've seen over and over. But like that has never been the danger of ai that their little poopy diaper robots are gonna like <laughs> kill us all there are way bigger problems that we could face with ai in the future because they're not going to be limited to our shitty stupid fucking bodies <laughs> right and yeah there's lots of clips of joe rogan and elon musk here i like the part where chad calix says there's no way he'd have the time to go through every piece of evidence and footage presented here and decide if it's real or not. 
It's like, well, then don't put it in your documentary. Of course you have yeah, time. I, I would simply not make a movie about that then. <laughs> like a, that would be my call. Of course you have time to vet this footage and research it. Yeah. A little Were bit. Were you on a deadline? <laughs> Who's breathing down your neck, buddy? Let us know. <laughs> Sir No Face? Yeah, maybe. <gasps> he might be. He's breathing right behind you. And it's like, hire some researchers. You can knock that shit out. Again, what does this have to do with some ghost footage in Australia? Well, I'm, I mean, that is a legitimate question. <laughs> well, he does say, like, this section finally does build up to him kind of putting a new wrinkle on the fake alien invasion theory. He says what this all comes down to is that the government is going to fake an alien invasion because there's a real one coming. And so yeah. they want to fake one first. So we're all on board to go to war when the real one happens. And at this point in the documentary, I was like, hey, remember when this was about a ghost that lived in a house in Australia? <laughs> the fuck happened? How did we get here? I, I, I really have no idea. Again, this whole section, it's so long. It is a majority of the film is this stuff that we've just brushed over because there's nothing to it. But don't worry. He brings it all home in chapter six, the Australia Absolutely. connection. I like how this chapter opens with some Max Headroom effects up top for absolutely no reason. Professional quality CGI. Oh, <laughs> and now he's back to talking about the tattoo faced man. Yeah. Olivia, do you remember at any point them mentioning the tattoo face man being like elderly or super uh, They old? mentioned him as being like in his 50s, it seemed like. Because in this moment, he's back to talking about the tattoo face man. And he says the tattoo face man told him that at one point he was driving with his wife in 1973. Mm -hmm. So he was old enough to be married in 73. So this guy's old as fuck. Yeah. And I feel Maybe. like that is not mentioned at all. Like they don't I mean, make him look old when they show him in the reenactment. He looks like fucking Luke Perry or something. Also, when did they have this conversation with him? If he just showed up to one of their live shows, handed them a box of shit and then disappeared forever. Where did this story come from? Not exactly. Answered. And so they come across a ship of light in the sky, the tattoo face man and his wife in 1973. And they get close and they experience some time loss, but they don't tell nobody. Mm -hmm. And they see photos of something very similar on the news 10 years later in Mexico. So the tattoo face man sees this news report and decides, I am going to physically go to Mexico to find out more about this. Cool. And Calix says this guy has thousands of photos of him on board alien ships and that he'd get murdered if the government knew he had all that. And it's like, dude, if that's true, you just hold the government. Yeah. He has. If all that's that. real, then they know that you have that now because you just said that. Correct. And I got to say, if you're going to get killed by the government anyway, why not put some of this stuff in your movie? Yeah. That you're charging people money for. <laughs> And I think this is the point that made me the angriest in this mm. whole documentary is he says he thinks that the tattoo face man has all of that. He thinks he's got photos of him aboard alien ships. 
but that for him to confirm it, he'd have to go all the way to Australia because the tattoo face man isn't just going to hop on the phone and talk about it. And it's like, so go to Australia. You go there all the time. Every movie I've seen opens with you in Australia. So go there and ask him the questions then. No. Adam, if there's one thing these movies have made clear, it's that this man hates spending time in Australia. (laughs) I did not understand his reasoning in that moment. I would have to go to Australia. Yeah, go. You're making a movie. Why not just say we don't know who he is so we wouldn't be able to find him if we went back? That's a lot easier explanation. And he can't because he makes it clear that he has found this guy's phone number and address. And he could. Well, Go talk to him if he wanted to. He just doesn't want to. Maybe that's in part three. Could be. Could be. So The one that doesn't have face in the title. That's so annoying. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting the name of the third one. I don't remember. <laughs> you think I can keep that in my head? I have a cold. So, yeah, I guess Chad is building up to telling us how Sir No-Face ties into literally like the biggest conspiracy theory of all time, like the New World Order. Every conspiracy theory. So then cut to Stephen Greer saying that aliens are actually robotic entities produced in a laboratory that have biological material on the outside, but are robotic on the inside. Stephen and that fucking Greer. They suggest that cattle mutilations are part of the program to harvest the biological materials To make that outer shell, I think. It's like, why wouldn't you just open a fucking cattle farm? (laughs) Maybe they did. Maybe that's part of it. (laughs) I mean, Stephen Greer, we've talked about him before. He is a con artist. (laughs) I don't have anything else to say about Stephen Greer. And this is the point where he's talking about the Sir No-Face footage. Oh, yeah. And he says, you know, all the footage you've seen... We stop it at this frame, and it looks like a ghost. And I'm like, no, it looks like a small child. Oh, it looks like a guy. <laughs> and then he goes, I never thought it looked like a ghost. I, I want to make that clear. I saw that goddamn footage. It just is a guy popping his head in the frame. And then this time, he says something like, but this time, I flipped one frame forward. Well. And we're supposed to, like, see an alien in this footage, and it just looks like a blurry-ass man. Well, he kind of does a similar thing to the format of Sir No-Face, where he's like, so I decided I'm going to compare this footage against the most credible photographic evidence of a UFO ever captured that has an image of a gray alien inside of it it's this turkish photo it definitely doesn't just look like some lights and in this one blurry corner of this photograph from who knows how long ago there's a clear image of a gray alien and so we're put that side by side with the no face image and yeah you know most of the footage up until the point that we showed you guys before in the last movie it didn't look like this gray alien from this other totally real <laughs> photo but yeah if we go a frame ahead it still doesn't look like this gray alien from the photo but i'm going to say it does 
And then from there, the rest of the documentary is just them kind of pretending the government's following him. Yeah, he talks about people following him. He says he's seen like a black Mercedes following. And he makes sure to point out that the car that he says has been following him has kept their lights on the entire time, which I got to say is poor form. You are supposed to keep the lights off. Yeah, it's bad form. And also following you for what? Being too close to the truth or whatever. They're letting you miss. They let you release a movie. That's the other thing. There's also a story about Craig Powell's wife being followed by Mm -hmm. a car. And again, her story carries on for such a long time. And I'm like, you, again, wife of a documentary filmmaker, no cameras, nothing. You didn't get a single shot. Of yeah, this car just... that was following you. And also, it just happened once. There was no warnings or anything. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sure. It, sure. it seems fake. <laughs> it does. It seems a little fake. I like the part near the end where he's on the phone with Craig Powell and they're all sketched out because someone they think is recording their phone call. And it's like, dude, you're recording the phone call. That's why we're hearing it. Yeah. It reminded me of those times when I would hear the ham radio in my headphones when we were recording. (laughs) It was a similar vibe. Yeah. And they're hearing some kind of feedback and freaking out about someone listening to their calls. And it's like that he is recording to put in the movie. Yeah. It's like you're recording it to put it in a documentary. We're all going to hear it at some point. Yeah. And then, yeah, it ends with this like heavy monologue about why he quit ghost hunting. And, you know, he was just going to retire to a normal life of fucking listening to Limp Biscuit probably and (laughs) chain smoking. You're making him sound way cooler than he is. (laughs) (laughs) And then. He talks about how he kept thinking about that footage. And then he ends the documentary by saying, so I couldn't sleep. Well, because he said he was going to sleep on it about whether or not he was going to make the documentary. Oh, yeah. He couldn't sleep. Oh, and then it's a fucking to be continued. I was so pissed off. (laughs) I was so pissed off. Well, I mean, we have to cover the third documentary, I think. I don't know that we have... I guess I will go look up again what it's called. Unfortunately, we do. And I feel awful. I don't want to, but we do have to. Phantom Rider, award-winning documentary filmmaker Chad Kalick and paranormal investigator Craig Powell continue their investigation into the only paranormal case in history to be sanctioned by the Australian government. So now we're back to paranormal. Why is this called Two-Face? I'm serious. (laughs) I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Especially, I'm so mad that he did not call the third movie (laughs) Three-Face. Yeah. I don't know. People at home, watch these documentaries. Tell me if Uh, if you feel like you're being lied to. I do know uh, (laughs) that this is fake as fuck. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not to be a naysayer, but this is less convincing than almost any other UFO thing that we've watched. And we've watched a lot of really unconvinced, like overlords of the UFO was more (laughs) convincing than this. I think you're right that there is, it's that like myth making that he's trying to do here that makes this just especially unsavory. Yeah. Like, it's not just about aliens or UFOs or conspiracies. It's about how Chad Kalick is the one getting closest to the truth. 
Right. And we have skipped over a lot of the things that give it that vibe, like all of like the blues rock guitar stings that undercut <laughs> him and other pieces of footage. And the echo thing cannot we've we've left it because there's not much we can say about it, but it's pervasive. It throughout. is throughout. It happens. I would argue maybe every 10 minutes. Oh, that's. That's that might generous. be yeah. That might be a conservative estimate. Yeah, because every other sentence it feels like is fucking <laughs> echoed, especially towards the end. It's so awful. It's such a terrible thing to watch. And then the fact that he just goes on this like almost the entire movie is this long ass tangent that has nothing to do with anything that the other movie has set up or that he's talked about. Yeah, I'm interested. In- to see if the third movie just like goes back to ghosts. They're just like, ah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. JK, LOL. Sasquatch, actually. It's a Bigfoot caught on camera. Okay. He had the goddamn balls to make fun of uh, Sasquatch hunters. Oh, like, yeah. he makes fun of other. It's either in No Face or in this one. They kind of blended together. But like, he makes fun of Sasquatch people and other paranormal investigators. And I'm like, dude, you do not have a fucking leg to stand on making fun of people doing this. Yeah, I remember that from the first movie. It's like, man, like, I almost trust that less when someone's like, look at how ethical I am. Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of the focus of the whole first documentary is, yes. well, I have dedicated my life to the truth. So right. if this footage was fake, you'd know it because I'm the truth mm-hmm. guy. And it's like, I don't fucking know you as the truth guy. And this is like a sequel to that. And he applies none (laughs) of the supposed ethical rigors and intellectual rigors to this that he did to the other stuff. No, no, not at all. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. Can't wait to watch the third one. Oof. Yeah, I I can't wait. Coming soon. So (laughs) I think that's our episode. We made it to the end. We did. We have mercifully made it to the end of this documentary. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Yeah. Going back, our uh, Lost Rewatch podcast coming to the end of the season pretty soon. So check that out. It's on the uh, the Conspiracy Patreon or also, uh, you know, the, the first season will be coming to the free feed soon. And that's it. And uh, adamtodbrown.substack.com. Go read my writings. And I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.